It's time to eat again. It's time to eat again. First Samuel chapter 1. This is the story of a man who had two wives. Right there, that'll get you in trouble. He had two wives. He had Penina and he had Hannah. Penina was fruitful. Hannah was not. Penina gave this man, Elkanah, children. Hannah could not. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. I'm reading for 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they would go to the tabernacle. They would go to church. Can you imagine? She's on her way to church. She's making fun of the other person. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. She'd not even eat. Matter of fact, read the rest of the story. They would go to church. There's an annual gathering, an annual gathering. Once a year, they would go to Silo, where Shiloh, actually, Silo, and they would render sacrifices because it was the annual day where you would come before the Lord and you would ask for the forgiveness of your sins. You would get your sins forgiven once a year. <laughs> yeah, the other days were messed up, but that one day you get it all right. And... They would go up, and the husband would give meat for the wives to sacrifice, to render unto God as an act of praise, the Bible says. But the meat was given according to the number of children you have. So Hannah ended up with the short end of the stick, where she barely got anything in comparison to Penina. And Penina would give the, her praise based on what she had, and Hannah would give praise based on what she had. Her circumstance dictated her praise. What she had dictated her praise. I just want to tell you that we no longer live in that Old Testament under the law, subjugation and interpretation of things. My praise is no longer based on my circumstances. I don't praise Jesus based on what I have. I praise God based on who he is. It is the nature of God that prompts me to lift up my hands. It is the nature of God, the redemptive work of God, the grace of God, the salvation of God that prompts me to say hallelujah. So when I come to church or Monday through Saturday, when I'm at home, my praise does not come out of my circumstances. My praise comes out of a spirit of thanksgiving because Christ is Lord of all. Can I get your best praise that you've given God thus far today? So she prayed. The other woman was making fun of her, taunting her, bullying her, and she prayed. And she prayed in such a way, I'm going to get to that next week a little bit more. She prayed in such a way that the pastor of the church, y'all thought all pastors were perfect. <laughs> that the pastor of the church falsely accused her of being Pinot Noir, Napa, Sonoma County. She was drunk. The pastor saw her pray in such a crazy way, an unorthodox way that he said, you can't be drinking. You drunk, woman, what's wrong with you? And all of a sudden, she just, she kept on praying because what you pray may sound crazy to others, but not to God. You're, some of you are praying some crazy things. And it may sound crazy if someone else would hear your prayers. How many here would admit, how many streaming around the world would admit 
that if someone would hear you record your prayers, they would come to the inevitable conclusion that you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That there is something wrong here. How many have that kind of prayer? If you don't, you should. Your prayer, if someone else would hear your prayer, you should have the kind of prayer life that if someone else would hear it, they would question your sanity. You should be praying for crazy things. You should be praying. Like, I'm not even praying for, Lord, just heal this person. I'm saying, God, heal every single person that I know. Lord, I'm not asking you just to save this person in my family. I want my entire family saved, their friends saved, their Instagram followers saved, their Facebook followers forget that, Sacramento's gonna be saved, California's gonna be saved Los Angeles will be saved America will experience a revival New Zealand, Singapore you gotta pray some crazy things that'll prompt even the religious establishment that may overhear your prayer to accuse you of losing your sanity, so she prayed, and when she prayed this is what happened, verse 17, 1 Samuel chapter 1 Eli, the pastor, says, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. She says, thank you. Then she went, she went back, she went back, and she ate again. She ate again. It's time to eat again. Raise your right hand, repeat after me, it's time to eat again. No, really, it's time to eat again. This COVID-19 pandemic and the, and the other manifestations of disruption that have taken place throughout the course of this year have prompted many of us to stop being us. Many of us have lost what we know is normal, what we know makes us humans and makes us Christians and makes us believers. And the enemy is trying his best to take us out of the norm and to create a new normal. And, and they want to create a new normal. And that's why depression and self-medication and broken relationships and divorce and mental illness right now are in record high numbers like never before in American history. We've never been this place before. But I'm here to tell you right now that we're about to see the script Flipped in the name of Jesus. We're, we're, it's time to eat again. It's time to pray again. It's time to prophesy again. It's time to praise again, to worship again. It's time to believe again. It's time to lift up your head and start living again. And I'm not talking about doing things outside the norms of what's safe. I'm just telling you, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Stop being hunkered down in a bunker. Like, listen, I'm here to tell you, no, we have to rebuke the spirit of fear and the spirit of coercion. We need and I'm not talking, Pastor Sam, are you denying that the virus is real? Man, I know that the virus is real. It impacted my family, the nearest people close to me. So I know it's real. I'm part of that national commission. I know it's real. But I'm a man of God. I'm a pastor. And I know that I know that I know that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. We need a church that rebukes fear and stand up. We need a church that says it's time to worship Jesus. It's time to lift up the lamb again. It's time to eat again. It's time to eat again. It's time to eat again. In order to eat again, we need a fresh revelation of Shiloh, of Siloh. We need that fresh revelation. The Bible says, verse 3, 1 Samuel chapter 1, each year Elkanah would travel to Shiloh, to Shiloh, to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of the heaven's armies at the tabernacle. He would go to church. Yes, Shiloh means one to whom it belongs. The reason they would go to Shiloh, this is before Jerusalem, before the Ark of the Covenant ended up in Jerusalem. The de facto capital of Israel was Shiloh because wherever the glory was present, that's the center place. People would go to wherever the glory was present. 
the glory of God was the determining factor. What's the cent- what will make the capital of the nation the glory of God? If Jesus, if God is there, that's where we should be. That's why we don't need more churches in America or New Zealand or Australia or Africa. We have enough churches. What do you mean, Pastor Sam? That's like countercultural. No, we have. What we need are more churches full of the glory of Jesus. What we need is more glory churches. We need more glory families. We have, we have so many Christians around the world. What we need are more Christians that exhibit and manifest the glory of God. We need more Shilohs. We People will travel from far away if the glory of God is in your house. Let me say that one more time. People will travel from far distances if the glory of God is in your house. We don't need more programming. We need the glory. We don't need more. We need the glory. To be honest, we don't need more lights and smoke machines. We need the glory of the risen Christ. We need the glory. What is the glory? The glory is the presence of God manifests. It's not, it's not just God being there. It's God manifesting, God doing. It's the presence of God doing things, the manifest presence of the living God. Oh, we need more glory. We need more glory. We need more glory. If we need, in order to need again, we need a fresh revelation of the glory of God, of Shiloh, the, to whom it all belongs. All the glory belongs to whom? To God, Hebrews 1.3. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make a formal announcement right now as we stream around the world. I, Samuel Rodriguez, in my family at least, that's why I have authority over that family. I just want to tell you right here. I will not declare over my family, when I look at 2020, I refuse to call it the year of COVID. I am not going to call this year by the name of something that came from the pit of hell. I, I refuse to label this time the time I am not going to give the devil one year of my life. I'm not going to say 2019 there was favor, 2018, but 2020 was the year of COVID. No, 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 no. I'm not going to title this year, give it a nomenclature, a descriptor based on what the devil did. I'm here to declare that 2020 for my house, for this house, is the year of the glory of the living God. I don't know if you get that with me. I declare that for your family, for your home, for your marriage, for your health, for your finances, for your career, for your dream, this is not the year of COVID. It is the year of the glory of Jesus. It is the year of the glory of God. If you believe that this, and and don't get me wrong, I know we're living in tough times. And by the way, the year is not over. Are you telling me God can't turn this year around in your favor? You're telling me, I know, I know, I know. Some of you are waiting for the vaccine. And God bless you when the vaccine comes out. If you want to get the vaccine, go get it. That's a good thing. But I don't need a vaccine to get my joy on. I don't need a vaccine to get my praise on. I don't need a vaccine to lift up my hands. I don't need a vaccine to walk out of my house knowing that if God be for me, who can be against me? If you believe this year, 2022, to be the year of Shiloh, to give the glory to the one who the glory belongs to. Lift up your right hand. 2020 is the year of Shiloh for my house. It's the year of glory. 
I'm declaring glory in your family. The glory of God. Why do you need the glory? Because you can't give God what you don't have. So you need to be filled with the glory in order to give God the glory. Next time you say, God, I give you all the glory, make sure you have some glory to give. Because you can't give God what you don't have. So be full of the glory of God. Your family full of the glory of God. Your children full of the glory of God. Your dream, your present, your future, your ambitions to be full of the glory of God. Glory. They knew. They knew in order to eat again, you must have a fresh revelation of Shiloh. Of giving the glory to he who receives and deserves all of the glory. The Shiloh. To the one whom the glory belongs to. Oh, I hope you're getting this. In order for you to eat again, not only do you need to have a fresh revelation of the glory of God and the Shiloh truth of being in that place where he gets all the glory, you need a fresh revelation of the Lord of heaven's armies. Let me explain. They actually, the Bible says each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh, the one to whom all belongs, the glory belongs, to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heaven's armies. What does that mean? The, the Lord of heaven's armies. The glory first and then heaven's armies. It is the first time in scripture this phrase appears. Subsequently, it is mentioned by David and others. But the Lord of heaven's armies, there is a clear depiction in scripture. We know God by various names. Some of you know him actually through these manifestations or dynamic applications of his name. In the Bible, we know him as Jaiway or Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. If he has provided for you in this crazy year, raise one hand. If he continues to provide that, you know it was God. It was not just Uncle Sam. It wasn't just the uncle, it was the father. If your heavenly father is providing more for you than your earthly uncle, raise both hands. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, that's Genesis 22, 14. We know him in scripture as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. We know him as, and that's Exodus 17, 15, as Yahweh Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, he is your peace. How many have experienced supernatural peace even in the midst of this crazy year? Yahweh Shalom, Judges 6.24. We know him as Yahweh or Jehovah Rui. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23 verse 1. Jehovah Shekendu, the Lord our righteousness. Jeremiah 23.6. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there, which is the presence of God. Ezekiel 48.35. How many have sensed his presence? And how many have sensed his presence even in your most difficult of days? How many were comforted by the presence of Jesus, by the presence of God? We know him. We know him as Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah, the Lord of the God of Israel. We know him. But here is Jehovah Sabaoth, which is the Lord of hosts. It's the Lord of hosts. Right here, 1 Samuel 1, 3, 17, 45. This is not just the God that saves you and delivers you and heals you and fills you and favors you and provides for you and promotes you but this is the God that fights for you this is the God that fights for you and he has an army we sang it in our worship he fights for you I'm here to tell you right now let not your heart be troubled it's time to eat again because you are not alone 
You are not alone. I'm here to tell you the God that we serve is fighting for you. Matter of fact, and it's not him alone. The Bible says that they call him the God of heaven's army. That means there's an army, ladies and gentlemen. No, you missed it. I want you to visualize an invading force from heaven coming into your circumstance, an invading force coming into your family, an invading force coming into your house, an invading force coming into that hospital room. Imagine an army. Oh, I'm here to tell you right now, you don't need to worry. I don't care how many devils have showed up threatening your dream, threatening your future, threatening your peace, threatening your joy. I don't care what came out of the pit of hell. I don't care what it is. I have a God who fights for me. I have a God who has an army. I have a God who invades my circumstance with his heavenly army with the guaranteed outcome of a pristine victory. God fights for us. I said God fights for us. Let me say that one more time for the hearing impaired. God fights for us. Our God, oh boy, we're going to get in trouble. Our God is not the one depicted on the imagery and perpetuity of a cross where his head is slanted and he is forever like this. That happened on one day, but on the third day, he was... On the third day, that same Jesus was no longer like this. On the third day, he resurrected victoriously. I'm here to tell you that we serve a living God. We serve a fighting God. We serve a triumphant God. He fights for you. Lift up your hands. I dare you to say he fights for me. He fights for my family. He fights for my future. He fights for my destiny. He fights for my health. And that's spiritual, mental, emotional, financial, relational. He fights for you and he fights with an army. He fights with an army. Lift up your hands. You're standing with me here in Sacramento. If you're at home, stand with me. If you're in Los Angeles, stand with me in our campuses. You're already standing. Look up here. He fights for us. One of the most beautiful illustrations in all of Scripture, in all of Scripture, I have reference in my books and on many occasions preaching because it is just, as a movie producer, it is a movie. But it's beautiful. One of the most beautiful illustrations, when the prophet, the great evangelist of the Old Testament, he has this amazing, amazing outlook of what happens. And all of a sudden, there is this wording. Who is he that cometh out of Edom? And they show this commanding officer who is white but he's bathed in blood and he's like this who is he that cometh out of Edom whose robes are drenched in red crimson red blood barely recognizable and it was the captain of the army of the Lord it is the, here it is God's army God fighting for us and, and, and he comes out and he basically says alright now it's time to come in. I already took care of your enemies for you. Go ahead, possess what I promise you. I'm here to tell you, God is fighting for you. You are not alone. He is fighting, and I know this is all beautiful, right? Because it's biblical illustrations, metaphors, or biblical illustrations that speak to the imagery of the way heaven interacts with earth, right? But literally speaking, 
in the book of Revelation on the final countdown, baby. Let me tell you what CNN and Fox and MSNBC, even Univision and Telemundo, let me tell you what they're going to cover. The Bible says that when the whole world sees them, it's not the guy. No, he's coming down riding on a white horse right here it says king of kings and lord of lords with a sword in his hand fire in his eyes like a boss like a boss in the matter of fact when he gets off the horse the bible says his tippy toe will touch the mountain and the moment his toe touches the mountain the mountain will crack in half that's the god that fights for you He's fighting for you. I'm preaching like a madman today, but I want you to get a fresh revelation of the Lord of Heaven's armies. He is for you. He is for you and not against you. He's fighting for you. Lift up your hands. Pastor Sam, you don't know what I'm going through, but he does. And you're not alone. You are not alone. Three weeks ago, we reminded you from 2 Chronicles 20, 15, it's not your battle. Get over yourself. It's his. He's fighting for you. He fights for you. He's the Lord of heaven's army. When Hannah makes the prayer, she uses the same phrase. It's the God who fights for me. It's the God who has an army who sent that army my way. You're not alone. Even in your weakest moment, you're not alone. Even in your moment of failure where you deviate from what, what is right and full of truth and grace, you think God abandons you because you messed up? That's when he actually gets closer to you because you need him more than before. Religion says you mess up, God goes, you're on your own. But the word of God tells me that whenever we're not right, that's when the potter shows up with brand new clay and says, I got this, I got you, I got you, I got you. He fights for you. Can you just one more time as we conclude, lift up your hands. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4. Romans 8 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, and I'm here to tell you, God is for you. So who can be against you? What can be against you? God is for you. Heavenly Father, seal this word right now. Thank you. Thank you because we're, we're going to eat again, Lord. Thank you for a fresh revelation. A fresh revelation of your glory. A fresh revelation of he who receives and merits all of the glory. Thank you for reminding us that in order for us to give you the glory, we must be filled with your glory. We can't give you something we do not have. So thank you for filling every family, home, marriage, relationship, mind, body, soul, and spirit with your glory right now. Through the presence of Christ, through the Holy Spirit in every single life and circumstance. Thank you, my God, for reminding us that you are the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of hosts. 
that you're fighting for us. Therefore, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, the victory is completely guaranteed. In Jesus' name, if you receive this entire word, obviously we can't continue, but we will continue next week. We're going to get to the part where this woman confronts Hannah, when Hannah prays, and Hannah, full disclosure, Hannah gives birth to whom? Anybody know? The prophet Samuel. One of the most important prophets in scripture. Hannah gives birth to prophet. The prophet Samuel. Penina's kids, not even mentioned. Hannah's mentioned throughout. I'm here to tell you the best way to silence your haters is to give birth to something greater. What if I tell you by faith through Christ that there's a Samuel with your name on it? There's a Samuel coming your way? What if I tell you that out of your family will come something that will impact generations for the glory of Christ? What if I tell you that the Peninas of your life will be silenced? Not because you come back to them or you cancel them or you're part of the world culture. How are they going to be silenced? When you give birth to something greater in the name of Jesus. So be here next Sunday. Solidify this word in Jesus' name.